we're shooting for an every week schedule. So bear with us, we're working on it. Um, and in the meantime, Paige, congratulations on getting into UMass's premier comedy sketch group, Sketch 22. Thank you, Maddie. Thank you, podcast listeners, for listening to me allude it on our last episode. I am so excited. I am ready for my comedy fame. I made the best joke, and I'm going to tell it on the podcast now. Uh, I had a French test that I definitely failed. Well, I mean, we'll see. We'll see. Anyway, so a dude who is also in the comedy group sits next to me, and he was like, are you ready for the French test? And... I said, no, but at least I have comedy to fall back on now. And I felt like a million bucks. <laughs> I did. I felt great. Paige, I'm super proud of you. Okay, and now that you're in Sketch 22, I have an idea to pitch you. So I was thinking about this the other day when me and my sister were talking about our Tinder profiles. Um, you should have one of your sketches would be Tinder profile focus group. <laughs> around and then they give you feedback on like your tinder profile oh my gosh and, you're such a good idea. and you talk about like target audience and like um, <laughs> what you're going for and your branding and like it, it'll be very funny i promise wow maddie no thank you i appreciate it i feel like a real celebrity with you pitching me sketch ideas <laughs> what what is your sketch ideas some of your sketch okay premises. well here's here's one thing that i've been thinking about a lot is i so badly want to do a sketch about women's studies majors because i am a women's studies major but I'm so worried about, like, the intent, like, because if I make a feminist joke, I'm a feminist. But, like, if I make it and people laugh at it, I can't go out in the audience and be like, why are you laughing? Are you laughing because you get it or are you laughing because you think feminism is bad? So, like, for example, I've had this line for, like, three years that I'm just, like, dying to put in a sketch that I said in real life because I think it's very funny. Um, and so I was, like, back, back in the day, I was, like, I want... Uh, diva cup so I can throw my menstrual blood on my enemies, <laughs> which I want to have a character say, I don't want it to die just with me, but I don't want people to be like, oh, that's an example of why feminism, like, feminists are crazy. And, like, I want, I don't know. And I you, think about it all the time. Do you think that... <laughs> <laughs> like, an example, for me, a place for me to use that line again. <laughs> what sort of sketch would you try and put that line into? I think there's, like, a meeting of, of women's studies majors. Um... Like, I don't know, just doing their women's studies thing. Because I feel like I have, like, a couple other good one-liners about being a women's studies major. Like, hating men. <laughs> not that all women's <laughs> studies majors do. Not that they all do. Um, just this one. Um, <laughs> so, it, I don't know. I'll let you know. Hopefully, it would work out. But anyway, so I was in Hills, which to all our non-UMass um, UMass listeners oh, is, like, honestly, like, an abyss of a building that is impossible to find. Honestly, one of I mean, many on yeah. UMass's campus. It is, it's like three different parts of like, one is landscape architecture, but I've had an Afro-American studies class there, and it's also IPO, and like, it's all studios, and oh, and then there's a center for Psycho- psychological health. Yeah, uh, so it's like literally five different things. Um, in one anyway, maze-like building. And it's super warm in it. Like, they were definitely heating at night on three layers, so I was, like, drenched in sweat by the time I got to my destination. <laughs> and you're running up and down <laughs> yeah. so I was running up and down sweat. different stairs, and I texted my friend, Johnny, and I was like, help, I'm lost in hills, I'm so afraid, am I ever going to get out? And he texted back, instead of helping me, sketch idea. <laughs> I mean, he helped, then he helped me. But um, but that would be a really but, funny yeah, sketch idea. So I am excited for this new era in my life. <laughs> that sounds wonderful. How would you feel if people came up and pitched sketches to you all the time? Uh, I would love it. 
I would so love it. Because then you'd get to handily reject folks. Yeah. <laughs> I would get to, no, no, people are funny. Um, but I would also feel, like, flattered because I'd be like, oh, they recognize me from Sketch 22 and the premier sketch comedy group that I am now in. I don't think I'd say that to them as they were pitching it to me, but I would think it. Are you looking forward to reprise your high school theater roles in being on stage again? Well, all my high school theater roles, I was, like, really, really short, and they would put me in the back and put a tall person behind <laughs> in front of me. So I really, really hope not. <laughs> I hope not even the spirit of high school theater. I don't think to reprise that either. That was just people being mean to each other. That's the spirit of high school theater. Is it? I was never in high school theater. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. High schoolers are so mean, I think. Yeah. Well, is so no, like the a, answer is a firm no. A couple people that you want to throw your menstrual blood Yeah. Oh, like a, t- a bunch of people. <laughs> <laughs> but what if this podcast blows up and they hear? Um, I don't think it will, but yeah. It was a rough scene. Like, it was all high schoolers being mean to each other, I think. Do you think college uh, comedy theater, maybe that's the difference. I think it's yeah. a comedy league rather than a drama club. Yeah, you have to make each other giggle versus making each other cry. <laughs> Anyway, Maddie, what was the other thing you wanted to talk about this week? Well, the other exciting um, breaking news in the doll world <laughs> is that um, beloved doll company American Girl, once part of the Pleasant Company, now owned by Mattel, just came out with a new historical doll, Melody, a um, civil rights era doll and she has a darling dress on it's like this cute little green shift and she looks so cool and she's got her saddle shoes and her green knee highs she's styling she's really styling so Paige thoughts on American Girls well like I said to you before the show I think this is so great because Melody is is black and uh, before if any little kid wanted a black doll they had to go with Addie who was a slave where all the white dolls got to be like colonial times or like driving in a car in 1910 and like (laughs) didn't really experience a lot of like strife i i mean addy's story i remember reading those books it was intense yeah it was like there there it was intense it was intense i don't know american girl dolls have always always been very good about or relative to other doll companies about diversity like I had Josefina, who was um, Mexican-American, and she, I mean, she was my doll. I loved her so much. I don't know if you could find a Latino doll yeah, that, that is a good point. now again. And um, they also had Kea, who was Native American. Yeah, but they don't have Kea anymore. Are you serious? Yeah. That I, makes me so angry. She was awesome. No, they only have, they took a lot of, uh, all their great, do- okay, well, this is going to look like I'm like a, a giant fan of the American Girl Doll Company, which I was back in the day. Like, remember when you would get the catalogs and just like pour oh, over them for like yes. hours? I mean, I'm still really attached. I think it's an awesome doll company. And like, they did some, like, I don't know, American Girl Dolls were a big part of me and my sister's childhood seriously um and I, I like that they're diverse and i like that they're historically minded Sorry. yeah and now they're more diverse which we are both psyched about um and oh, what was i saying when i got they got rid of kaya oh yeah they got rid of kaya and they got rid of um felicity who no, i liked did. yes they, got they rid did of molly too yeah who right? i had yeah but molly was i didn't even like molly that much i, I just liked, liked her molly because she had bangs and glasses like me <laughs> um which is actually another perfect example of why it's great that there's another black doll because now little girls can see themselves more in american girls because that's why i picked molly because she looked like me um but no, Molly kind of stunk in my opinion. She was like really boring. She was all her super sp- boring, but and she, she was so whiny. Dog. Remember yeah. how she'd be like, <laughs> okay, I know it was World War II, but remember how she'd be like, 
green beans again. It was like, shut up, Molly. We all have to do this. I didn't even like her. Her, her biggest like problem was that she didn't get on the baton tour yeah. team or whatever. I know. She was not really relatable. I think she was not relatable whatsoever. I thought Kirsten was one of the most like relatable. Oh, That's Emma had Kirsten. Meryl had Kirsten, too. Yeah, Kirsten um, was cool. Kirsten was cool. Kirsten had a really cool quilt. Mm-hmm. Um, but like Emma got Kirsten because she had blonde hair like oh, Emma. So like I said, representation in dolls. Awesome. And now there's more representation. Yeah, which is great. Um, did you ever go to the American Girl stall store when you were a kid? I never did. There's no, one in New I York didn't. and there's one in Los Angeles. And I went to the one in Los Angeles. Wait, how close do you live to Los Angeles? Like three hours. Oh, wow. Yeah, I thought it was like farther away. South. Yeah, we used to go a lot all the time, actually. Um, anywho, so we went to the American Girl store once and it was so crazy it was like (laughs) four stories of like dolls on dolls on dolls and of course they're like the world's most expensive dolls it's for our listeners who are not as well versed in american girl doll lore it's like 120 dollars yeah it's so expensive and then like a million a million more dollars for all their clothes and accessories which are really really cool yeah um, well, we had such a large population of American Girl doll owners in my hometown that for, like, during the peak of American Girl dolls, which I would say was, like, late 90s, early 2000s, um, we had, a, like, an off-brand American <laughs> Girl doll store where you could go buy little, like, 18-inch doll clothes. So that was, like, always really fun because, like, the woman would make them and then sell them. And she was, like, prolific. She had made, like, it was, like, <laughs> it was, like, a store, like, I'm trying to come up with a comparison. It was, like, as... Like, but it was like bigger than Amherst Coffee. Like no this, way. Yeah, just filled with doll clothes. Oh so my that was always God. like so much fun to go and be like, oh, I wonder what it's called. I totally forget now. But it was it was so much fun to always go like get to pick it out. And sometimes she was sending out coupons that were like five percent off, wow. <laughs> which I was like, what a steal! <laughs> what a life though, making all those doll clothes. I know. Also, then it closed. So I don't know what she does now. She's probably like the Miss Havisham of doll clothes making. <laughs> she Maybe. just wears all the doll clothes on her arms and legs. <laughs> Stitched together a rag jacket. Oh, <laughs> what a tragic image! <laughs> no, she probably went to an online format. There's like a booming Etsy population of um, Etsy sellers who sell 18 inch doll clothes. Wow, because I never would have guessed. The real thing is so gosh darn expensive. It is expensive. It's like, how much was it? It was. So, it was like. More than actual clothes that humans wear for on their sure. bodies. For sure, it was like $40 for another dress. Yeah, oh my gosh. But it, they, it was but a it lot. Would, remember it was how a pretty lot. it always was, it though? Was that was like how they got you. Like, <laughs> also, that they send those catalogs like every two weeks. Mini capitalists. <laughs> I don't know what. Do you think you would let your daughter? Would you get your daughter an American Girl doll? I would totally get my daughter an American Girl doll. It would, They were beautiful. They were really beautiful. Well, I liked the books more than I liked the dolls because the dolls had those like weird little smiles that only showed two teeth that kind of yeah, freaked me out. Yeah, I didn't like that too. And I was never a doll person growing yeah, up. Yeah, I like never played with never. my dolls. I just read the books and thought about how Same. boring Molly was. But Same. I like I read all the other books. Oh, you know what was cool? Kit. I liked Kit oh, a Kit lot. Kit was neat. I liked her because she had short hair. Yeah, and she, she was, was kind of like one. tomboyish, and yeah. so was I. And I really liked that. Uh-huh. Um, no, I liked all the. Um, I liked all the stories a lot. I liked all the stories a lot, and I liked playing dress up with my dolls. Like mm-hmm. I had a, me and Meryl had a big collection of Barbies growing up too. Were you a Barbie gal? Not really. No, I I really wasn't. Um, they just didn't like appeal to me. 
I mean, like, I would always do, like, those really typical things where you, like, your Barbies are naked and you make them make out with each other. I mean, didn't you do that as, like, a little kid? I totally did. And I think everybody did. Yeah. Um, but, like, I'd, I'd try and, like, make them new clothes out of, like, paper and things. Wow. Like that. That's yeah, awesome. I You're so in, crafty. Thank you. I was an industrious child. Um, yeah, and that's why, that's why I like dolls. I mean, I didn't, like, drag them everywhere with me. I kind of like the craftiness of it and the stories. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I would get... I would definitely get an American God all for my daughter, but I would be like, or my son, or anyone, my child, um, not anyone. Gender, I wouldn't be like, gender I wouldn't not be like, specific child. Here, here, my coworker, I bought you an American <laughs> Girl doll. Too expensive. Um, <laughs> but I would be like, don't pick one that looks like you if you look anything like me, because then it's Molly and she's boring. <laughs> Although I guess she's gone, like she's in the historical collection now. I don't know. I think I would probably wait. So I got mine in kindergarten, uh, and actually I was so excited excited that I cried. There's like a picture of me holding it. (laughs) Super cute. Um, But I think if you wait till like first grade, kids will have more of a grasp on like this this doll is like an interesting doll. Yeah, I mean, I don't know, it was always like impressed on me. I don't know, I wasn't like a destructive child to begin with. Uh I don't know I I'm guessing that you were not a destructive child either. (laughs) But it was always impressed on me that like this doll was special. Don't screw with it. Don't cut its hair off. Uh You know? Emma did. Emma cut Kirsten's hair off. Oh, no, really? Yeah. And I, well, yeah. It was a bad scene. It was a bad scene. Um, Well, it was really tangled in her defense, in case she's listening to it. I was like, I can remember that. Every Christmas growing up, my grandmother would give all the granddaughters um, Marie Alexander dolls. Have you ever heard of those? Seriously? Yeah. Oh my gosh, we have, no, we have a toy store in my house that has like a huge, like all the top is just Marie Alexander. If you go up there, they're like watching you with their little beady doll eyes. <laughs> yeah, they're like, wow, they're the real children? Deal. You can't even play Every, with them. You just put them up on a exactly. shelf. Exactly. They're, they're, I, I have like 12 boxes of Seriously? Marie Alexander you dolls. You should sell those. Those are money. I, I mean, uh, we just got them because my grandma like loved oh, your them grandma's... growing up. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, my grandma's not going to sit here and listen to our podcast. I know, but I didn't want to be like, a gift from a relative you love, <laughs> sell it for money. <laughs> But what are you? What are you, what are you doing? Well, with, giving. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what are you doing? The with gift them now? that keeps on giving. <laughs> They're just sitting in my parents' house. They're beautiful. Like we'd get them every year, unwrap them from this <laughs> tissue paper, and just like stare at them, and then like wrap them back up <laughs> in tissue paper, put them in a box, and put them on the shelf. Wow, like, that's no fun for a kid. That isn't fun. No, not at all. Why do you think she did it? I think she did it because she had them growing up and she thought they were really, really pretty. Mm-hmm. Well, when did she grow up? Like, the early 1900s? No, okay. Wait, how old? Sorry. She- <laughs> I didn't mean to make your grandmother sound like a million years she's, old. She's 84 right now. So so the four- 40s. 40s. The 30s? Late 30s. So I was right. I was right. You that were is right. Early you 1900s. were right. Early no, 1900s. That, yeah. yeah, Madame Alexander does feel very early 1900s to me. Yeah, it does to me, too. They were always really cool. I just, like... They didn't have a neat, exciting story like American Girl dolls did. Mm-hmm. So, anyways, point is, never very into the doll scene. And I think that adults who... I'm going to take a hard line on this. Adults that have dolls in their house on display are weird, are super creepy. I think it's super bizarre. Also, why do you want to lie in your bed and have an <laughs> like inanimate the- object watching you? <laughs> I was thinking of the um, Talking Tina from the Twilight Zone. Did you ever watch no. that? Oh. oh my gosh, this oh. episode is taking a dark turn. 
<laughs> it was like the world's creepiest episode of the Twilight Zone where this doll would like come to life and push uh, kids down the stairs. Oh it my gosh. Like, it's it scarred me. The Twilight Zone is scary. The Twilight Zone is really scary. I've only seen a couple ones. Okay, this is not related at all, but do you remember reading the lottery in school where they yes! stoned that woman to death? Right, Shirley MacLaine. Yeah, that, yes! that messed yes! me up for life. Why do we read that in school? I have no idea. Did it have, like, like, literary merit? You're an English yeah, major. Yeah, it, it does have lots of literary merit. Um, I wish that I could remember more that Shirley MacLaine did because she was a very influential writer. But, I mean, I read that story in, like, sixth grade. Yeah, also, way too early. I don't think I fully comprehended what was going on I and know. somebody actually died. <laughs> but, like, like that I, I can recall it vividly my junior year of college. That means it was scary. Yes, like, <laughs> yes. I probably gave kids nightmares. Oh, I I'm doubt so it. sure. I'm getting freaked out just talking about oh, it. Oh, no. <laughs> well, then we'd better get on to our advice portion. <laughs> oh, that was a great segment. Oh, thank this you. This is our thank professional you. podcasters. <laughs> All right, see you in the advice. <laughs> Welcome back to Young Enough to Know It All. Um, now we are doing our advice portion. Paige? Okay, so the first question is, Is Parkour Nerdy? By Parkour in the Pacific Palisades. That is a great question. I would say definitively parkour is nerdy. I think so. I think it is. The first thing that comes to mind when I think of parkour is nerds. <laughs> what do you think about parkour? Okay. Uh, well, I think I have a slightly different opinion because one of my coares does parkour and I consider him a cool person. But he, okay, so I think the difference parkour is the better you are at it, the less nerdy oh, it is. That like, totally if you're like so though. bad at parkour and you just like shout parkour and then like <laughs> run off a ledge, like that's really nerdy. And there's like this scene in Broad City where she's trying to impress her boss by saying that she knows parkour, but she's like rolling over <laughs> cars and like calling at different things. She's like rolls over a car and she's like a kitty flip and then she like jumps <laughs> off a trash can. So like, I think there's like a level of good. But well, I think anything that people are passionate about, you can call them a nerd and make them feel bad. Oh, like, that's, that's like good. A th- now I feel bad about being mean <laughs> to parkour people. Oh, no, no, no. I just meant like in a teasing way when you're their friend. You can be like, you nerd. <laughs> I didn't mean to be like... <laughs> No, no, there's a scene in the office, too, where they're doing parkour, and they're just, like, <laughs> somersaulting around the office, and it's so funny, and then they jump off, like, a um, <laughs> like a trailer into a, a dumpster, just, like, ka-chunk, um, and all I can think is it's really <laughs> Well, of course, you've seen it on the office. <laughs> yeah, of course, it's right. I, but I guess I've never seen anybody in real life doing do parkour. Oh, yeah, I, I have. Um, I think it definitely has the potential to be... I think it's ripe for parody because, <laughs> like, I don't know. It's possible to be so bad and so passionate about it. Like, that's something you have to be good at. No, I... So, yes, I still think it's, I still think it's nerdy. But cool. Nerdy but cool. Also, sometimes. it feels a little passe. Like, I feel oh, like... the ne- no, You're I'm, roasting parkour. <laughs> I totally am, though. But I feel like... Uh, the, what's next? Planking? Like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> parkour is like a sport. Planking is like a is meme. Is it a sport? They don't... Wait, isn't planking when you just lie on the ground? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, From like a cool three years ago. <laughs> maybe... Owl, remember when people used to owl? Like, pretend to be a little oh. owl? <laughs> what? Honestly, 
what is internet culture? <laughs> that lasted for like a hot five seconds. Yeah, but like, um, I feel like there was these whole memes of people posing. Oh, like T-bowing, like when you pretend oh, to pray, dumb. or like you, you kneel and pray. That really speaks myself to in the America. Really speaks to America's Christian hegemony. Uh, <laughs> there's an internet meme where you pretend to pray. <laughs> That's how they'll get you. That's how they get you. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, everyone uh, who's listening to this podcast right now should go listen to Maria Bamford's stand-up bit that I think is called Sex Hole, but it's about people sneakily trying to get you to go to church, and it is like a great piece of comedy. <laughs> Highly recommend Maria Bamford, Sex Hole. Go listen to it. <laughs> Remember when... Freshman year, we were talking about Christian hegemony. Oh my god! (laughs) Tell the story, tell the story. (laughs) Freshman year, me and Paige were in a social justice class together and the topic of the date was christian hegemony and Paige thought it was a guest speaker first name christian last name hegemony that's like a name that's a name it is totally a name i think it's hilarious that's all i can think of now also that totally revealed myself that i hadn't done any of the readings so i thought christian hegemony was a guest speaker i think that's like the highlight of my freshman year um it sounds like a name. It does sound like a name. I'm not saying that it doesn't. It totally does. I just never, ever thought about that until you said it. And it, it warms my heart now. I think of it fondly. Thank um, you. You're welcome. Oh, speaking of internet culture, damn Daniel. Thoughts? Oh, I love that meme. <laughs> I love it, too. Back at it again with the white fans. I know. Oh. See, the thing about internet culture is that, like... Two seconds after we post this, damn Daniel is also going to be passe. Like, it's coming and going as we speak. I mean, I like it because it's his friend teasing him in a cute way. (laughs) (laughs) Like how he, like, backs away from the... Like, you always see him, but he, like, backs up. I think that is such a quality meme. I I love that meme. I think it's darling, too. Like, like you're right. It's just his friend being like, you look great today. Back at it again with the white fans. <laughs> Today and every day. Yeah. Damn, Daniel. <laughs> we, we're going to tweet that, so all the non-me... Oh, and we'll tweet about uh, the Maria Bamford bit I wanted people oh, yeah. to watch. Oh, yeah. Okay, perfect. 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 Yes. Wow, look at us engaging on social media. Follow <laughs> us on Twitter at YetKia. Y-E-T-K-I-A. Okay. On Yet, turn. like... Yet Kia. Like the car. Like the car. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, our next question is, I want my boyfriend and I to be non-monogamous. How should I navigate this? Uh, And it's submitted to us by Polyamorous in the Pioneer Valley. Well, this is a complex and many, many layered problem. What? Uh, Maybe not even a problem, just a proposition complex and many literally a proposition yeah (laughs) (laughs) i myself have no experience with non-monogamy um i don't know i'm like a jealous person to begin with but i also think that like you're you and your partner are both adults like you can do whatever the hell you want like uh who am i who who am i to regulate somebody's sex life if somebody else wants to have multiple partners and I am in it to win it with them, 
go for it, I say. Like, live your best life. And if your best life includes having multiple partners, just give me the hot goss and the dirty deets on it. That's all I want. Wait, so you would be okay if your partner had multiple partners? Yeah. If they were giving you the hot goss and the If they were giving me the hot goss and the dirty deets. What is that? So, like, if they went and, like, had sex with another person, you would be like, oh, the hot goss and the dirty deets, please? Yeah. I'd be like, give me the scoop. Um, wow. Give me I've the never four, thought about give that. Me the, give me the 411. I don't think I want to know. Well, actually, really? no, I might then, because then I would be like, I would like hype the other person as like being so much better than me. Yeah. <laughs> and it would seem like such a big secret. But if you're just like, oh my God, tell me about all the fun you had. Tell me how exciting your your non-monogamous experience was. Then it's something you're sharing. Don't you think that would make you feel jealous? That would make me feel jealous. Maybe a little bit, but I don't know. I mean, I'd rather, I I think I'd feel more jealous if my partner had something that they were keeping from me. Mm-hmm. And I I don't think that myself, I don't think, you know what, That's a, there's a lot of scheduling that goes into non-monogamy. <laughs> Do you think you would ever be non-monogamous? See, I kind of don't. I don't I don't feel a desire to mm-hmm. necessarily. It might be different after I'm married for like 30 years and boring. <laughs> um but like <laughs> um but yeah, I feel no no desire to. But but like I said, who am I to stop my partner from seeing other folks? I don't know. I think if my partner was seeing other people, I too would want to be seeing other people. But here's the thing, right? Alright, I'm not talking this reader out of it. They can do whatever they want. But, like, just imagine. Okay, so, like, you're dating this one person, and then you have to go on dates and, like, text oh. them and have sex with them. Oh. And then you have to do that for, th- like, two other people or one other person. That sounds like you so much You wouldn't have time for school. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about nerd. I know. This is an example I say of that, a nerd. I say that exceptionally <laughs> lovingly. That's, like, the cutest thing I've ever heard. But I'm um, so su- You wouldn't have time to hang out with anyone who you weren't in, like, a partnership or dating like that would it would be all your spare time no you're right it's a lot of work to keep up one relationship i know and having multiple and then having to like maybe i would like maybe i would do like a one-off but i don't think i would want to like have like two i could never ever 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 be polyamorous dude that's so much work it's a lot of work it's a lot of coordination it's hard to get two people on one schedule (laughs) (laughs) do you think you'd be jealous Yes. Of a partner? Oh, I think I so I think I'm a pretty jealous person. What um, makes you say that? Uh, past experience. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean I'm not it's not like I sit in front of like my partner's home and it's like, what are you doing? Are you hanging out with other people? <laughs> um, <laughs> tallying who yeah. in and out of the door. <laughs> but I, I don't know, I think I would feel jealous. So that would be something that I'd have to deal with. So I don't know how I would feel. I think if it was ever seriously broached to me, I would have to come back to this podcast and ask myself for advice. I, I think that's another thing about non-monogamy is it takes a lot of, like, introspection. Yeah. That's, that's another thing I don't have time for. <laughs> I mean, I think non-monogamy can probably work. Like, this is my advice. This is, this is the advice portion after all my dilly-dallying for a little bit. I think monogamy can probably work, right? Or non-monogamy. And monogamy can probably work, too. I don't know. Because, like, people have been alive for centuries, and I guess it's happening. So, I I guess just communicate a lot with your partner, right? And, like, be honest with your own feelings. So, 
Paige, are you, are you advising our listener to um, be hopeful and go yeah. for it? Yeah, I mean, they clearly want to do it. I'm not going to be like, well, I would never. Because <laughs> who knows? Maybe I would. Um, but I think just be really, really honest with yourself. And also think about your schedule. Do you have time to be non-monogamous? <laughs> <laughs> Can you fit another person into your busy, busy schedule? Yeah. <laughs> Good, solid advice. Thank you. Do you have any advice you'd like to add? Um, I think that it's important for both partners to recognize um, the other as an independent human adult with very different thoughts and feelings and motivations to realize and accept that and that you're not necessarily attached at the hip. And that's an okay thing. That's an okay thing. But I think when venturing into any non-monogamous or um, I don't want to say non-traditional, but um, maybe fringe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'd say non-traditional. 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 Are non-traditional sounds better than fringe, I feel you like. You think? Okay. Yeah. Not to offend. Mm-hmm. Um, in, into any non-traditional relationship arrangement. Um, is that honesty and communication are like 100% key. And it sounds like a cliche, but it's that's the truth, I think. Okay, good advice. Now on to a much lighter advice question. <laughs> yeah. Maddie, take it away. Disorganized in Denver writes, how do I become a more organized person? Very straight, very to the point. Thoughts. Well, I'm not an organized person, so I should just recuse myself from answering this question <laughs> as we are recording this episode in my dorm room and my floor is covered with stuff. You, you, but I'm not dirty. I'm just messy. You know, Paige, you say that, but like somehow you managed to have a job and be taking a million credits and be having a friend's life and carry on a really great relationship with with your your bow your bow <laughs> thanks and i hope like, he listens to this podcast episode <laughs> and hears it <laughs> so in, point is you must be organized somehow because like you still managed to get so much stuff done what do i do you know what i'm saying okay these are my tips and then you can give your tips um okay. i wait till the last minute to do every single thing <laughs> <laughs> it's been working so far <laughs> seriously um i what do i do what do i even do what do i do I don't know. You keep clothes by the bed in yeah, case I keep of fire. Clothes by the bed in case of oh, tip to all my listeners: if you sleep naked, you live longer. I read a study, so yeah, keep clothes by the bed for fire alarms. <laughs> I hope my residents are listening to this and are like, "Ew, gross." I don't think anybody's going to be like, "Ew, nakedness." Ew, a human body. Um, Ew, a human body. Do you? keep a schedule or nope. like an a well I have a planner but I just use it to write bits in it like for <laughs> jokes <laughs> is that your moleskin yeah it's my moleskin oh man Maddie take it away I'm giving this person bad advice they're gonna become more <laughs> disorganized well I think that the advice that we can take away from you is that disorganization can have <laughs> a disorganized person can have a fruitful and productive life that is true so you don't necessarily <laughs> have to be organized but I personally find a lot of satisfaction in making to-do lists. That's just me. I forget anything that I don't write down. It's the worst. Um, Also, my personal advice, very dissimilar from Paige's, is to, if you can do something right away, do it. And then you don't have to remember it. That's better advice than my advice. (laughs) 
I need to start doing that. Yeah, but you've got a mind like a steel trap. Oh, you thank you. Everything. I won't be that way forever. My eyesight is already getting weaker. <laughs> well, you've been wearing glasses since day one, practically, yeah, right? Since second grade. So, second yeah. Grade. And yeah. now I'm almost... I, why did I say I'm almost 22? I just turned 21. Oh. <laughs> in October. I'm, yeah, 20, I'm be, 21 and a half. You're in, in March. You're 21 and a half. No, 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 no. Because yes, Bruce yes, yes. is seven months older than I am. No, no, and his no. birthday's March 7th. My birthday's March 22nd. I got my driver's permit at 15 and a half, and I got it in October. Really? So yeah. we're exactly six months apart? We That's are, wild. We are. Um, wait, wait, wait. No, no, no. You had it October 20. Wait, March, April, May. We might have to edit this part out. June, no, no, July, August, to. September, October. That's seven months. You could have gotten okay. it in September. Oh, well, now you tell <laughs> me. <laughs> so my birthday's my my, my heifer is in April. Okay, anyway, what were you saying, saying, Maddie? It was sure interesting. Um, Let's count once more. Um, Listeners love engaging content. (laughs) Oh my gosh, we just lost like our one listener. All our parents are turning this off right now. Two sisters. (laughs) Anywho, the key to organization is a willingness to want to be organized. Um... And if you don't have that, I say stick with your disorganized life as long as you're still getting stuff done. That's the <laughs> Like me. Way. Yeah. All exactly. right. Cool. That was good advice. Well, do you have anything else to say or will we see them in the closing? Uh, I suppose we'll see them in the closing. Okay, cool. So for this episode of Young Enough to Know It All interview, we're coming to you live from a party bathroom because we hadn't recorded our interview portion for this week's podcast and we knew drastic measures had to be taken. And that there would be interesting people at our party, such as our dear friend Eli. Eli, tell our audience, hello, introduce yourself. Hi, I'm Eli. I'm, I'm, I'm scared because he said that I'm interesting. <laughs> oh, Eli, but I'm just... stop. You're so freaking interesting. Okay, I'm going to end this segment and we're going to go to the interview now. So, Eli, what do you find is the most challenging part of improv? Um, it's really hard when you, you try to, you know, like, you start to say something, and then as soon as you've started saying something, you have to commit all the way. Do you feel like you've always been a dramatic person? Where did this interest in theater come from? Oh, it's not an interest in theater. It's, uh, my friend did improv and was like, it's kind of fun. And I was like, well, well I don't know that many people. Well, I feel like based on... My very, like, limited knowledge of you, you don't seem like the kind of guy who, like, puts himself, like, limelight. You don't seem like a limelight seeker. That's definitely true. So, when I was in high school, um, I did theater for a little bit, but I was not good at it. Were you, like, the tree in the back? Yeah, well, so, not, I, I wasn't the tree, I was, uh, I was in a production of Amadeus. Oh, oh wow, and, nice. But I was an opera theater goer. So I, my job was to sit there and eat. <laughs> like but, real food? Yeah, so they were like, oh the, the director is like, bring, you know, some type of Vienna food. <laughs> what does that mean? Yeah. So like sausage, you know? What? Sausage so you're just sticky. on stage eating yeah. sausage? <laughs> yeah, but I thought it would be really funny so- if I found a really big sausage. <laughs> So I had this kielbasa that was probably like maybe four feet long, and I was just like, eat, like kind of nibbling at it and like looking around nervously the entire time. It was absurd. 
was real weird. Wow, wow. So, so but that was the last time I ever did theater because it was really scary. Like I was actually nervous to just eat a giant sausage. On so after that, I switched to doing tech. How long were you on stage for when you were eating? Not, not that long. Like I think, I mean, so I, not long enough to eat the whole thing. Well, I mean, that, that'd be too much. That'd be really How many kielbasas did you eat in a day? So we went to dress rehearsals, right? Like the week before. And that was when I brought out the kielbasa, but I finished one before we got to the show. And then I bought another one and had that over the course of like three nights that we had the show. <laughs> would you just like stick it in the fridge or like, would it just be like warm? No, you can kielbasa? have cold kielbasa. Oh, oh so you, you yeah, would keep it in the fridge. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's already cooked. <laughs> Wow. Okay, so anyway, um, do you have, like, so you do improv now, so the thing that you do. Do you have, like, defined characters that you do, or, like, no, characters? it's improv. That's the I know, but, point. like, Are I you feel also, as you oh, all know yeah, now, true. I am on UMass's premiere comedy team, comedy troupe, sketch comedy troupe. Are you? Sketch 22. Yeah, I am. I brag about it all the time. Well, you not really great. No, that. you should. Here, brag about it some more. Brag oh. about it right well, here. Well, it's just really, it's just thing. really exciting. Um, and I have to write sketches because we have a voting meeting tomorrow and I will elaborate more in oh, future no, no, episodes. No. Tell Eli about your brunch sketch. Just give him a synopsis. Oh, I just wrote a sketch about like there's a really long line for there's five people waiting for brunch and like five years pass and like one person dies and like one person leaves <laughs> and one person gets married. When we're waiting yeah, for that was that before. was my actual inspiration. <laughs> Our wedding and then someone else's death. Um, <laughs> But no, what I'm asking you is like art imitating life. <laughs> how do you how do you like develop characters? Like well, like do you the, do voices and stuff or like? No, so that was actually my friend Matt told me that the one thing that's holding me back right now from being a good improver is that I mostly just sound like me saying things. Mm-hmm. So that's like already something that I do a lot, which <laughs> is be me and talk. Mm-hmm. And that's you know that's useful for improv. We will just like talk a lot, but it's more exciting when you're acting as somebody else. And you really have to commit to that. And I think I haven't quite gotten the confidence to like have a ridiculous character and just go for it. Do a lot of people do ridiculous characters? My friend Matt's really good at it. Like what um, are some characters that he does or like that he's done? I don't know, like he, he sounds like a grumpy old man or like a little little girl. That was one. <laughs> that was pretty weird. Is is there like uh funny names for the characters? Nah, because it just happens in the scene, right? Like, oh, like oh. people are just like like, he just, like, comes in and, like, look, you know, he's in a certain... Because we... So, it's the... It's structured as games. Mm-hmm. So, like, one of the games is called Freeze something. But basically, people freeze are doing what? something, and they're in, like, some sort of weird position, and then you'll freeze and then swap in with somebody. Mm-hmm. And, like, you get into their position, uh, and then continue the scene, but... Or, like, it's a new scene completely based on what they were doing. So you can kind of, if they, like, look really hunched over, that can be your character. Mm-hmm. Like, instead of, the original person was, like, hunched over because they were carrying something. And then the new character can be hunched over because they're, like, an old hunched person. Mm-hmm. And then, so he'll, like, do that, and then he'll have the voice. Oh, wow. And, yeah, it's really Was intense. he, like, a theater major in college? No, or, like, is just, this just his passion? He's just good at it for, for no reason. Is he really funny in life? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's just good at improv. Um... <laughs> So, like, what tips would you have for people if they wanted to take an improv class or, like, start doing improv? Uh, definitely worth doing the class. It's a really supportive space. Like, people are all there. Like, everyone's bad at it. <laughs> and... <laughs> <that's a> weird... <laughs> well, I thought I <laughs> took an improv run. class this session. <laughs> and, like, Was it not supportive? 
Oh, actually, it wasn't. It was like really, it was really like weird. Yeah, it, oh, it was. Well, it wasn't. It was just like a weird environment because it was like three like tw- early twenties girls, me included, and then a high school boy, and then three oh, adult man. men. Like so we had a high school boy uh, who came to one of our classes, and he's not normally in our class, but. Mm-hmm. You can go to different classes if you miss one. Mm-hmm. And he was in a different class and came to our class because he missed one. And he was really bad. <gasps> oh, what? And, like, what aggressively makes... bad. So he says weird shit. Yeah, that's what the high school the high school boys yeah. and the adult men would always say the weirdest, like, and kind of oh, depressing bad give thing. Give an yeah. example. Oh, oh, I can think of a really bad example, actually. Um, so it was, we had to, like, do word associations and did the high schooler say boobs? Because no, that's what happened no, with us. No. And it was so awkward. Oh, tell it after. No, no one, that's the story. One, ad- one adult, one adult man said ex-girlfriend, and then another adult. No, no. One adult man said whore, and another man said ex-girlfriend. Which Wait, was like, what's the oh. question? It was just we had to play word association, association to like oh, loosen us up. Oh. But oh then everyone god, was like so stop. tense. Let like, me tell, oh my god, let me tell you about this experience I had on Southwest Airlines. Alright. <laughs> Are you doing improv right now? <laughs> no, this is dead serious. First time like I have ever been on Southwest Airlines, and it is chaos. <laughs> it is like there is no sky law. It's the wild, wild west up there. So <laughs> no sky one, one flight ad- or okay, so a flight attendant walks up to this guy and she's like, hey. Look, you gotta put your tray table up. We're about to land, and he goes, uh, "Bossy, sounds like my ex-wife." And oh, she turns nice. around and goes, "I have an ex-husband too." <laughs> and the whole plane goes, "Oh!" <laughs> and it was unbelievable. I can't believe people talk to perfect strangers like that. It also made the situation tense for me, but everybody else was treating it like a two-bit casino. Like, it was the worst. Well, they're all drunk on, like, airline Bloody Mary. <laughs> and you know what? The thing is, we were on a flight to Vegas, and oh halfway through, this flight attendant, this is the same flight. It was, it unbelievable. I never had an, ex- never a traveling experience that like it. That awkward. I thought we were civilized folk. Anywho, the airline, <laughs> so we're on a flight to Vegas. No, pe- people turn into animals on airlines. They <laughs> really do. All Civilization social niceties. Goes away. Yeah, no. Out the door. Well, because those are assuming that you're not going to have to sit next to the same person for four hours and you don't know them and there's like no leg room, right? Yeah, like, yeah. It's hard to have civilization in conditions like that. <laughs> it's truly cruel and unusual. <laughs> um, anywho, so we're on a flight to Vegas. Flight attendant chatting somebody up as as Southwest flight attendants are wont to do, and turns out a lady was going to Vegas to sing at a show or at some uh, jazz club or whatever they have on the strip nowadays. And um, when the flight is like in its final descent, he makes her get up and sing over oh, the PA. Wow! And it was like. It went on. Her act went on for twenty minutes. Oh my god! Uh, Wait, she sang over the PA for twenty minutes. Yeah. Yikes! Oh she did her whole set for us. The flight attendant oh. insisted, and he goes, oh. "This is real Vegas." <laughs> it was unreal. What's the worst flying experience you've ever had? Nothing can top that. <laughs> All right. Seriously, no. That's like the worst <laughs> thing that could possibly happen. It's like, oh, by the way, sit here. Oh no. Oh, oh good. You can't do anything else. <laughs> 
Someone's gonna sing to you over the PA. You, you can't jump leave. out the door if you want. I mean, I guess if you had like a parachute, <laughs> that'd okay. be amazing. Anyway, Eli, tell us more things about your improv troupe. Did you make any friends? Are you gonna yeah. take the next level? Are you uh, gonna take I, the... Yeah, I already signed up for the next nice. level. Nice, you're gonna be like a, a certified improviser. I don't think there's a certification that exists for that. A black belt give... Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, but because it's, the... it's all about teamwork instead of a black belt, it's just like seven people holding your waist at all times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's like it's a really good class though. Uh uh-huh. That's uh, awesome. Yeah, I like them. They're that's that's kind of the reason that I'm doing the next next class. Because improv is hard and scary, but the people are cool. Is and that like the logo of the school? Improv is hard <laughs> and scary, but the people are cool. The people and by cool I mean like fucking weird. <laughs> Um, that's awesome. Yeah, no, that's good. So my my the friend Matt, the, the one that's good at improv, mm-hmm. had a party last night and invited the improv people. And, you know, they're sort of more acquaintances, right? Because we just see them once a week at right. improv at the thing that we're all doing. And they stayed last. They left the party last. Oh, that out. is so cute. Improv great. truly brings people together. It, it does. <laughs> Could you ever see yourself being in, like, an improv group that, like, performs places? Once I'm friends with all these people, I'll probably stop doing improv. <laughs> You're only in it for the friends. Yeah, it, yeah I mean, it's... I, I, we'll no, see that's how far legit. I, <laughs> I, I mean, it's, it's cool because it's helping me with, like, my public speaking skills and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But. but I'm really not surprised you're good at improv. I think you're, like, a naturally funny person and you're always saying lots Thank of things. You. Yeah, well, I mean, I talk a lot. That's definitely true. <laughs> definitely true. <laughs> Sorry, you should have Else to say. Uh, <laughs> well, our our listeners know we're filming this in a bathroom right now, so any sound quality. Oh, whatever, I can repeat it. Any <laughs> sound quality is because of that. We're also recording live from Bruce's exclusive shindig, his soiree. Yeah. Sure. Bruce's exclusive. Bruce's, Bruce's exclusive. exclusive. That was a great piece of improv. Okay, let's Bruce, let's each. Bruce exclusive. Sorry, I ruined okay, it. That was real bad. That was real bad. Um. You should know when to stop being that was an improv like a, you know, master. Two out of ten. <laughs> let's, let's each ask one more question. Okay, Maddie, do you want to go first? Sure. What would you have done had you won the Powerball? Oh shit. Uh, I don't know. I, I really don't want that much money in my life, because I think that would ruin my life. Because sometimes I'm like not a super motivated person already, and if I had that much money lying around, like I would just <laughs> not do anything. My life would become much much worse. Is that an answer? Yeah, yeah. totally an answer. Um, okay, and my... I have to say, that's, that's a little grim. That's... <laughs> Sorry, I'm not trying to be dark, but I'm, I'm just being real. I thought it was a very reasoned approach. Like, I thought about it a lot, because yeah. my, my friend was like, yeah, I'm getting Powerball tickets, like, you want in? And I'm like, no. <laughs> that's interesting. Just in case, because, like, I'm exposing myself to just a very slim chance that my life would get completely ruined forever. Wow, I didn't think about it that way. Um, also, lottery winners, like, they get their lives destroyed almost always like if you win big because of their families their scumbag families everyone suddenly wants all like a chunk of that and also they're just in general people aren't really well equipped to deal with sudden a sudden influx of cash uh and they just squander it and then go bankrupt also you're much more likely to get murdered really yeah because they know that you have the money I mean, I don't think there's been, like, a study of, like, why people get murdered for mm. <laughs> winning lotteries, <laughs> but in general, your odds of getting murdered are, like, something crazy, like, 50 times higher. I don't know. Wow. Yeah. Maybe more, like, you're just probably gonna get murdered if you win. So, yeah, I don't want that. 
I don't want that in my life. Not one bit. Wow. Okay, and my last question is hopefully a little bit more optimistic. Um, so you graduated from UMass last year. I did. What is the advice that you have for students in, like, their first year after college? Like, what should they be doing? Like, what can they do to make their lives better? Uh, I don't know. My life's pretty good, but I don't know what I did right to make that happen. I don't know. It's either going to suck or it's not. I can't <laughs> oh, talk about grim! <laughs> yeah, well, I, I, love, I love this uh, re- realistic approach. <laughs> realistic and bleak. <laughs> That's our podcast. I guess what I would say is like you do have an opportunity to start new, which on the one hand, that's kind of fun. On the other hand, if you have a good thing going in college, like you're really just trying to get to that level again. Because mm-hmm. you definitely had a good thing going in college. Yeah, yeah, like you guys. <laughs> but yeah, so it's kind of hard to suddenly not know people and have to make friends in a new city and everything. Mm-hmm. But it's also just college again, so that's kind of fun. <laughs> <laughs> Well, thank you so much for letting us interview you today, and we'll let you go back to the party now. It was such a pleasure. You're a very patient friend. Yeah, you are. Thank you. This is fun. (laughs) Thank you for listening to another episode of Young Enough to Know It All. You can find us on Twitter at YetKia, Y-E-T-K-I-A, and you can um, subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes. Um, Our podcast is called young enough to know it all um you can also email us at young enough to know it all at gmail.com we are actively soliciting advice questions comments anything else you'd like to tell us sketch ideas um <laughs> so thank you for listening and we hope you'll catch us next week all right bye-bye